Welcome to today's edition of the Bible Class. Our teacher, Dr. Kenneth C. Hill, is teaching from the New Testament book of 1 John. You may send your questions by email through our website at whcbradio.org. That's whcbradio.org. Or you may mail those questions to the Bible Class, care of WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Bluntville, Tennessee, 37617. And now, here's Dr. Hill with today's lesson. Welcome to the Bible class. We're continuing with our study in the epistles of John. And here we have 1 John chapter 4. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation of for our sins. Verse 10. Verse 11. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. And verse 12. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected, made mature in us. Since Love is an eternal attribute of God. His children should love. We should love one another. The lack of love reveals a lack of salvation. Since God initiated his love toward us, believers should do likewise toward others. Love for an unseen God must be manifested through a love for visible man. If we are going to say that we love God, we have to show that we have love for God. And we do that by loving our brothers and sisters in Christ. And that is the way that God would have us to show our love for him. And then at verse 13 and down to 16, hereby... Know we that we dwell in him, and he in us, because he hath given us of his Spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him." John outlived all the other apostles. He had ample time and opportunity to make some valuable observations. Having lived with the Lord during Christ's earthly ministry and having watched closely the lives of his followers for years afterward, he was in a unique position to emphasize confidence or assurance of salvation. Hereby know we that we dwell in him, and he in us, because he hath given us of his Spirit. So we don't need to speculate about our relationship with Christ, or our relationship to God. We know. It doesn't uh, say we wonder. It doesn't say I, I hope. We can be sure of our salvation, just as we're sure of being alive. If we have sincerely received Jesus Christ as our Lord, then there's no room for doubt. When one is in Christ, he stands on the rock that can never sink. The psalmist said, 
He brought me up, also, out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings. Psalm 40, verse 2. We are kept by the power of God. That's First Peter 1, 5. And it's with great certainty that John tells us here, Hereby know we that we dwell in him, and he in us. God wants every believer to understand that you have this certainty. There's no peace or satisfaction in the Christian life without being assured of your salvation. Our assurance is in Christ Jesus. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he hath given us of his spirit. Could you be happy in marriage without being certain that you're loved by your spouse? I don't think so. And so it's important for us to understand that for us to be happy in Christ, we must understand that we are in Christ. We who are in Christ are told repeatedly in the scriptures that God loves us. And he proved it at Calvary. This is absolute knowledge. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us. You remember Christ's prayer for us in John chapter 14 verses 16 and 17. And I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. The Apostle Paul wrote, The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Romans eight, sixteen. The Holy Spirit of God confirms the fact that the believer is God's eternal possession. And so it's important for us to understand that we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Verse 14. One who is truly born again as a child of God will testify to the fact that Christ was sent into the world by the Father to be the Savior. Jesus Christ came into this world to seek and to save that which was lost and he has found us, and now we're to bear witness. Next, the apostle stresses the importance of one's commitment to Christ if he is to know the certainty of his salvation. Salvation is not only an act of God devoid of human responsibility, it's often obscured by an easy believism that overlooks two important requisites, repentance and commitment. Paul declared in Galatians 2.20, Christ liveth in me. He was testifying of this great experience. Before his conversion, he did as he pleased, but this changed completely after he was transformed on the road to Damascus. His immediate response, you'll remember, from Acts chapter 9, verse 6, was, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? He committed himself to Christ's control and his willingness to obey. God dwelleth in him, and he in God. 
Paul said this in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. In Ephesians 4.24, we're told to put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. And so we see that whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him and he in God. So to confess that Jesus is the Son of God is more than merely accepting a fact of doctrine. It's receiving the person of Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord while giving Christ complete control of your life. When he's in control, deceit, unkindness, lust, scores of other evils will be banished. It'll not be the old life made over, nor the old life advanced to a higher level. It'll be a spiritual rebirth through the power of Jesus Christ. When Peter and John were tried before the accusing Sanhedrin, the rulers and elders took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Here were two uneducated fishermen. They had the smell of the sea on them, the smell of the fish on them. They were identified by the fact that they had been with Jesus. It didn't matter how rough they were or what rough cut they were. We bear the physical characteristics of this world, but we have the very fragrance, the very essence of God upon us. In Second Peter 1.10, the apostle says to all professed believers in Christ, make your calling and election sure. In other words, give a convincing proof to everyone around us that we are the children of God. And so it's important for us as we see this portion of the scripture, we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him and he in God, and we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Once again, we have it that God is love. God is love. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. Verse 18, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. Herein is our love made perfect or made mature, that we may have boldness, in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. Our love is the love which is within us. It is not human love, it's God's love. Human love can never be made perfect because it's human, but God's love certainly can. 
This is the love Paul wrote about in Romans 5, 5. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. This love which is perfected in the believer at his or her conversion will never change. It's always perfect. We have perfect love. We don't have to strive to increase our love. But we need to commit ourselves fully to Christ so that his love is in charge of us. I don't know how anybody can fully understand the humongous magnitude of the love of God. You see, it's not at all like the world in which we live. It's not like human love, and that's all we have to liken it to, and yet we are committed to the love that Christ has for us because it transcends any love that we have ever known. It is perfect love. Because God's love is made perfect in us, we may have boldness in the day of judgment. That is confidence, confidence in the day of judgment. When we see our judgment at the judgment seat of Christ, we might become fearful. We might recall our failures. We might see what we've neglected to do. We might regret some of the things that we did and some of the things that we didn't do. But Jesus Christ assures us in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, that there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. You see, the penalty for our sin was suffered by Christ, and our judgment was meted out at the cross, and we don't need to fear the judgment seat of Christ because the judgment seat of Christ, the bema, if you will, is that of Christ rewarding us for a job well done uh, or allowing us to have no rewards because of a job that was poorly done for him. It's a receiving of crowns. It's a receiving of rewards. And it's from God himself because he has perfectly loved us. Because as he is, so are we in the world. Think about it for just a moment. Think about the perfect Son of God. The Bible tells us that he knew no sin, that he did no sin. In, 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 in him, in Christ, there was no sin. He spoke no evil. He always did the right thing. He never possessed a single wicked thought. He was always kind and compassionate. Everything that Christ did on this earth, everything he did, was to glorify the Father. Now, then we might look at ourselves. We have unkind words, don't we? We have unclean thoughts. We have inconsiderate actions. When we contrast to Christ, how woefully inadequate we are. However, we don't need to dwell on the horrible picture of ourselves. You see, we're indwelt by the perfect nature of Christ, which is given to us uh, when we repent and believe. So when God looks at us, he doesn't see our sinful nature, but the perfect nature of his Son. And that's why John writes, As he is, so are we 
in this world. In Christ, we are the property of the King of kings and Lord of lords. We don't have to think about how weak we are. John reminds us, as he is, so are we in this world. We're redeemed by the blood of Christ. We're new creations in Christ. We're to live in his power and to show forth his praise and glory. We are not to be poor spiritually. We're to be rich because of our inheritance in God. We're to realize our high calling. And as Colossians 1.10 tells us, we're to walk worthy of the Lord. We're living in a dirty and filthy world, and no matter where we look, there's immorality. But as children of God, we have to live in a manner that honors Christ, for we are in this world. It's God's standard. It's not beyond us, for the Christian has God's perfect love within him. Notice verse 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, Because fear hath torment, he that feareth is not made perfect in love. Who of us has not been tormented by our fears? The fear of poverty, the fear of failure, the fear of old age, the fear of what people might think, the fear of what people might say about us, uh, the fear of uh, various actions of the government. Fear doesn't come from God, however. We have to understand that. It's the product of our faithless lives. 2 Timothy 1.7, God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. In his perfect love, God has provided the sure cure for fear. As one depends upon Christ and realizes his sufficiency for every need of life, fear need not torment the believer. As we trust in the Lord for everything, his word will be a constant encouragement. Isaiah 41.10, Fear not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. It is the job of Satan to try to get us to doubt God and to attempt to destroy our faith. But we may claim God's fear not and keep moving forward in victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Through the perfect love of Christ we're able to negate every fear that haunts the souls of men. Because of our eternal riches in Christ, poverty can never touch us. We may not have much of this world's wealth, and even though there are those who might look upon us as failures, the story is different in God's eyes. Don't be moved by the fear of man which casteth a snare, as we see in Proverbs twenty-five, twenty-five, or 29, 25. We're not eye-pleasers or men's pleasers, but we are to please God. Jesus Christ tells us, whatever our fear, it is unimportant because he says, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, Hebrews thirteen five. So whether it's thinking of old age, or it's thinking of poverty, or it's thinking of The problems of the day, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. Matthew 28, 20, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Even in death there's no fear, because Christ conquered death for the believer. 
Christ died, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver them who through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. We can give praise to God. Heartily we can praise God. Jesus Christ conquers fears, and we must let him conquer all our fears. He will do this as we trust in his perfect love. Proverbs 9.10, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Let Christ conquer your fears with his perfect love. Thank you for joining us today for this edition of the Bible Class with Dr. Kenneth C. Hill. You may reach us by email by going to our website, whcbradio.org, and sending us an email on the Contact Us link. That's whcbradio.org. If you prefer to use the Postal Service, our address is The Bible Class, WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Bluntville, Tennessee, 37617. That's The Bible Class, care of WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Bumpel, Tennessee, 37617. You may also call us at 423-878-6279. Until our next Bible class program, we are trusting that the Lord will richly bless you as you serve Him.